there's no perfect liturgy. And yet it's better to think about our order and our planning rather than just not. Um, but I think recognizing that liturgy tells, tells a story mm. and the ultimate story that we have to tell is the gospel. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Gruden, a pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church, and joined with my friends Ryan Chase and Caleb Dernberger. Ryan is an elder here at Emmaus, and Caleb is a pastoral resident with me. Um, and our kind of idea this morning of what to talk about is thinking through our Sunday gathering. Um, had a lot of visitors recently, a lot of people um, coming to check us out, and if you have been a visitor recently or if you remember your first couple times you came to Emmaus, um, <clears throat> you may have thought, oh, they, they do stuff here. <laughs> they, they do stuff in an order. Um, and if you've come multiple times, you would recognize they do something kind of the same. Um, there are regular rhythms involved. So our aim, especially having Caleb here, is to kind of ask him particularly, because he, he's the one who's most in charge of the Sunday gathering um, in the planning and the and the thought and philosophy behind it. Why do we do what we do on a Sunday morning? Is it just haphazardly thrown together? We're just, whatever comes to mind. Are there very strict rules that we follow? Um, and so forth. So maybe we start there. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the first step would be to kind of, and either Ryan or Caleb, you guys can speak to this. What do we do? Before we talk about why do we do what we do, what is our regular, you know, the fancy word, liturgy? What, what is our rhythm that we practice almost every Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, if you've been, like you said, coming for a while, you can probably uh, identify a lot of this, or you might kind of miss that these are intentional components, but we begin every Sunday gathering with a call to worship, which comes from Scripture uh, with a, a brief exhortation there, and then we sing. Uh, most weeks we sing four songs. Um, we adjust that sometimes if we have other elements in the service like mm. a baptism or welcoming new members or other things that might take up more time. We might cut out a song here or there, but typically we're singing four songs. Um, we have a scripture reading, which comes typically after the third song, but we're doing four songs. Uh, sometimes maybe after the second, mm-hmm. flexible there, depending on where it fits best, but a, a reading of a passage of scripture. Uh, and then after we sing that last song, uh, we go right into a, what we call the pastoral prayer. Mm-hmm. So one of our elders or pastoral residents uh, comes up and, and prays. And if you pay attention, we pray from scripture. So we start with a passage of scripture and that informs kind of how we pray that day. Then we go into announcements and then um, offering, giving is, is part of our, our liturgy, uh, that we have the sermon close with a song and end with a benediction. And, and that's kind of an overview of the components and, and how we've ordered them mm. at Emmaus Road. Yeah. And certainly if you, you know, if you've gone to many churches or just aware, there is a wide 
range of Sunday gathering organization, um, rate, you know, reaching all the way to one side where you have um, very, very ordered structural, almost like a cathedral, Roman Catholic mm. type of liturgy where everything is exactly in the right place. Mm. Everything is ex- scripted. So, um, exactly. Scripted. Oftentimes to- the things that are said even are printed out already yes. in the bulletin or up on the screen. Somebody's reading this and then the congregation reads and everything's very scripted. Exactly. So that, that'd be one side. And then, it, you know, like we were describing, it can, it can move and you can have less structured, but still plenty like a bulletin with, with yeah, scripts with an out order, and yep. an order of worship um, where we are somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then all the way to the left side, which is, or left, I say, I don't mean left, but like <laughs> the other side is, you know, whatever, very, very loose. We're going to sing one to tw- t- 12 songs, yeah. and whatever the Spirit moves. Free-flowing. Free-flowing. Somebody has a word. You know, Maybe we'll preach. It's a four-hour-long thing. Yeah. Um, so there is a, we have to recognize there is a wide range of, um, of practice here. But I think it's, it's critical for us to, to note that every church has a liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not avoidable. Yeah. Um, it's not whether you have them have a liturgy, but which liturgy are you proactively putting forward, um, and how? How we want to be scripturally governed people, mm. recognizing that mm. the Bible, like you, we were saying before, we we turn on the mics before the Bible doesn't specifically in the New Testament doesn't have a clear biblical. Here's how you must gather on a Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no command that says sing four songs and then mm-hmm. preach the sermon. Right. <clears throat> right. But we don't want to be uninformed about what we do. Right. We want to be biblically yes. literate. We want to be governed by scripture as we go forward. So all those components, and this is maybe where we could go into the, and Caleb, you could help us into the why. Mm-hmm. Um, why have we chosen to do it this way? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no perfect liturgy. Um, so <laughs> we can get, there can be a lot of contention over, well, we need to do things more this way or this way. So there's no perfect liturgy. And yet it's better to think about our order and our planning rather than just not. I mean, like you guys said, just there's once a time when I would just pick my four favorite songs and that, and that's a liturgy. I mean, that's, that's (laughs) a way of of planning the service and planning the meeting. And this is what we're going to do. But I think recognizing that liturgy tells tells a story mm. and the ultimate story that we have to tell is the gospel um we tell the gospel by the way we worship there is in a sense when you think of even just the traditional liturgical um orders you know when we talk about adoration and confession of sin and assurance of salvation and you know people are saying you know they're almost checking off boxes do we have each of those pieces yeah um it's ultimately walking through the gospel because the gospel in itself is liturgical mm. Um, we respond first and foremost to God and we are sinful people and he has made atonement for our sins in Jesus. And, mm-hmm. um, and so what we do on Sundays, we want to make sure that, I mean, liturgy is formative. It's forming us every single week. We're being, we're being, our lives are being um, formed by what we do over and over again and nothing more important than what we do on Sunday as the church. And so what we do and why we do it and, and what we're doing it for, it all, it all matter, matters and it, and it um, yeah, forms the rest of our life. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's critical too, obviously, um, as we think about liturgy, behind all that are core assumptions about what the Sunday gathering is and mm-hmm. what it's for. Yeah. Primarily, it's for the people of God to 
receive and worship the one true God, mm-hmm. um, and to, to remind ourselves again of the wondrous works of God and to encourage one another and build up one another. And so all of that is happening. So the liturgy, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the liturgy is meant to make that happen. Uh, it's it's yeah. meant to be the vehicle that allows that ultimate goal of the exaltation of Christ yes. in him crucified the for the pe- for the good of the people. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant to facilitate that. So yeah. that should govern why why we do what we do because we're aimed at that. That's the yeah. goal. Yeah, Jesus has paid for our sins. We meet together as redeemed saints. Like whose we are, how we got here matters. Mm. All of life is lived out of our union with Christ, and um, and so all true worship is just a response to the revel- self-revelation of God in the Scriptures in Christ. Uh, we gather every Sunday. Uh, liturgy literally means the work of the people. So there's there's this, this emphasis on like what we do, mm-hmm. and yet I'm mindful of what we're actually doing is we're get, we are in God's presence when we are together. We're actually communing with the living God. Mm. And so it's not something ultimately that we, it starts with us. Like we made our ways to made our way to God. No, he, he pursued us and made us alive in Christ. And so, um, that's how, that's what we always want to remember. That's how we always want to start. So I think some of these, um, again, while there's no perfect liturgy, there are some, and, and while the Bible doesn't prescribe, like, this is exactly what you need to do, I think there are certain values that kind of inform mm-hmm. how we should plan our meetings. Um, I've, Bob, uh, you know, Bob Coughlin is just a dear friend, and he and Devin and Sovereign, you know, they've, they've, they want to serve our churches, and they've put together these five, they, they could just call five core values of, of worship, and you can find those online. They have videos on them. But We did a whole yeah, we did a conference on it last yeah, spring. Yeah, and it's just so helpful, just in how to think about the planning on Sundays. But the first thing is our worship, our gatherings are God-initiated and exalting. So mm-hmm. it starts with God. Right. Um, we don't bring anything to the table. He's taken the initiative to us. He's spoken to us. He's called us to himself. And I, I think just practically, like, that is so helpful. <laughs> if you ever come to a Sunday meeting and think, this is what we do. We're going to do this thing that I don't like to do. Or what do I have to bring? Really, that changes everything. God has revealed himself to us and made us alive mm-hmm. to him in, in Christ by the spirit. And so everything we do, especially on Sundays is just in response to him. I think I even just said that this last week. It's like, so that's why we start with a yeah, call to worship. It, it changes things from, it, are we, do we have to start by trying to get God's attention yeah. or get ourselves into the right state or frame of mind to, to, you know, as, uh, I don't know where we heard this. Some worship leader who yelled, you know, get your worship on. <laughs> um, you know, you, you got to get, get yourself yeah. in, the, in the vibe. Um, it, it just, that completely changes yeah. everything. And it, it reflects a view of God. So I, I, I'm glad you made that point that um, while we started out by saying scripture does not prescribe how many songs and then, you know, and then prayer and then this and that, mm-hmm. it, it does command us to do certain things like we're commanded to sing um, when we gather together Uh, we're commanded to preach the word we are told to pray Um, so there there are components that scripture lays out there's a lot of freedom and kind of how we organize that and and then you made the point 
there's no perfect liturgy, so our hope is ultimately in Christ, not in yes. we got the order of our service right, yeah. that, that that saves yes. us or commends us to God or God is more pleased with us. Um, but liturgies can be better or worse. Yes, um, absolutely. And they, they do reflect your theology. So if your liturgy is kind of, I pick my favorite songs, whatever makes me feel the, the most mm-hmm. feels in the moment... Um, then you're going to end up with a, a a liturgy that shapes you in a man-centered direction, yes, where a great. lot of times people are evaluating a worship gathering based on um, did it make me feel mm-hmm. the things I I I associate with worship, um, and so then like we, we did a whole episode, but you know the lighting and the fog machines and the, right. <laughs> that stuff becomes very important because you're trying to get yourself to feel a certain way mm-hmm. um, versus a God-exalting liturgy that mm-hmm. begins and ends with God where his word is central, where God is the primary one acting toward us. Yeah, there was even once a time when we thought, like, we got to get the right first song right just to get people in the right mood. Oh, yeah, yeah start with a big, like, fast song. And what yeah. do we... And, and it's, Totes happen. Yeah, and what else do we need other than just God? Like, when that call to worship happens on Sunday, my hope is that everyone's, you know, at, for the most part, situated as much as they can to give attention to that. But that's not just something that we just do to check the list off and say, we, we got, we, we're doing our liturgy. That is... God addressing us by his word. He's, he's making a claim on our lives. He's saying, this is what's most important. This is who I am. And this is what we're gathered to do. Mm. And that's all that we need, r- yeah. really, right there. We don't need to make sure like, okay, I'm waiting for my favorite song or I'm waiting for this thing to happen or all these external other things. We just need to know that God demands our lives and he's calling us mm. right now to worship him. And we have that spectrum too of like, <clears throat> we don't rest in the liturgy to actually aff- effectuate grace to us. Um, it's, it's not by, you know, our, our wanting to give attention to it isn't so that we check all the boxes and therefore receive grace, which would be more of a a Roman Catholic. We do the mass exactly right because that's how we actually receive grace from God. It's the instrument. And that leads to problems. The other side, like you were saying, Ryan, it, it shapes us into more of, we need to be mindful about the liturgy to gin up a certain emotion, because that's how I receive grace. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's both both problems are, are 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 problems because it takes the glory off of Christ. Yeah, it takes the glory off of Him and what He has done. And all right. we need is yeah. that. I'm reminded of um, you mentioned Bob Coffin years ago. He wrote an incredible book on this, True Worshippers, mm-hmm. and he uses John four in the um, in the the story of Jesus with the woman at the well. You know, if you know that famous story, um, she's she's been in sin, and he offers to her water that you'll never thirst from again. And the story continues, and then he says in, in John four twenty three, but the hour is coming, and now is here, when true worshipers, there's that phrase, will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. And I, I remember I was sitting with Bob, um, or he he taught one of the classes on the at the pastor's co- college, and he highlighted in spirit means to truly worship God. One must taste of that water that Jesus has promised. Right? He he says, "I will give you water or living water, water that will you'll never be thirsty again." So, in order to worship in spirit, that's we got a taste of that water. One must be born of the spirit, and the spirit exclusively enables true worship. Yeah. Right. Mm. But also, we want to worship in truth, yeah. right? We receive God's true self-disclosure in Jesus, who is the truth, mm-hmm. and then worshiping in truth is focused in, on the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So spirit and truth. So really it is a, and that's the role of the spirit, right? Is to open our eyes and enable us to see yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, and those, those two things go together. So Luke 24, exactly. the road to Emmaus, the comment those disciples make at the end, did not our hearts burn within us mm-hmm. as we walked with him on the road and he opened to us the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the way the spirit causes hearts to burn with passion um, and hearts to be satisfied with living water is, is always through the word. So yeah. you're not going to find one apart from the right. other. If, if you have scripture and, and no spiritual life, then the word has not yet had God's intended effect. Right. If, if you think you have the spirit because you have a lot of emotion, but there's no truth from scripture informing it, you, you probably just have emotionalism. Yeah, so all those principles, those theological principles, inform our actual yeah. practice. Like That's why we don't start with a drum beat, fog machine. Hey, everybody, get up, raise your hands. Shake them like you just don't care. Like, get yourself <laughs> into that way. Rather than, like you were saying, Caleb, we start with God's word. Yeah. He addresses us. He call, The call to worship is essentially God's call to us, an invitation to himself that yeah. he initiates. He has made a way for, that way, like Hebrews 4, that we can now draw near to the throne because we have had such a great high priest. Yeah. yeah All that is possible. Yeah, if there's one verse that just informs how we plan on Sundays is, is Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, I'm, I'm mindful. So everything in our meeting is just filled with God's word, whether we're explicitly reading it, whether we're praying it, whether we're singing it, um, we need that because we're often coming off a week where we've thought maybe different thoughts about God. Mm. And maybe we're showing up to the Sunday meeting with unbelief. And it's nowhere else is, I mean, is God's saying to us, this is who I am. This is who, why I'm to be trusted. And so we respond to that God. Um, I love this. If I could do a lengthy quote by Brian Chapel. It's um, as long as you acknowledge up front it's a lengthy quote. No, you can helps. do whatever you want. Yeah, like, yeah. A few, few yeah. lines. Pro but, <laughs> but I love this. It says, though it appears in various forms, lengths, and styles, scriptural scriptural instruction is an obvious common thread in the worship of all the ages. Mm-hmm. The readings from Scripture, the sermons that expound Scripture, and the other aspects of worship that quote assurance and petitions of Scripture focus our worship on God's word. The appropriateness of such a focus is evident when we remember that Scripture is God's voice incarnate. By His Word, God yet is present to minister to His people, to express His love for them, and to guide them through life's challenges. The primacy of the Word in these historical liturgies rightly honors the Word that represents God Himself. So, Ryan, you were saying you maybe had a conversation with somebody recently, and they'd said, you you waste no words. Well, it's because... God is addressing us, and we want to make sure that we hear God's voice throughout every piece of the meeting. Um, again, from the call to worship to the benediction, again, there's the instruction of the word, the sermon. We've talked about that in past podcasts, podcasts about there's just nothing like that moment. We pray the word. We sing the word. Um, you know, someone, someone has said, we are what we sing. Hmm. So that's why we want to sing God-centered, Christ-centered, word-centered uh, songs, songs that that teach and who God is and what He's like, and and, and just a note too for for people that aren't aware. I know you are mindful of this, and we should be mindful of this. Even just in the, you know, all these principles are added on top of each other and informing. So we want to exalt Christ, and we mm-hmm. feel it's a, 
it's a group effort. <laughs> All of us are involved in that in a participatory way. And so, and we want to sing scripture-governed songs. Well, those couple principles include such tiny details of like, what key do we sing the song in, mm. right? What, you know, Bob always uses that word, tessitura, that fancy word for <laughs> fancy Italian, just where, where in the octaves in musical theory does... Octave and a fourth. Do most Higher people exist? No. <laughs> and, and that informs, you know, maybe our, somebody's voice is, quote unquote, sounds better when it's, the key is really high or sounds better if the key is really low. Well, there's just, we have to keep in mind the principles of, well, this is, our aim is to sing together congregationally yes. so it's not yeah. a it's not about a soloist performing yep. a piece that's exactly. in their preferred key it's yeah we just think congregational singing everybody singing together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's good so maybe Caleb can you talk a little yeah. bit about the singing part we talked about call to worship we start with God's word before we sing a note because worship begins with God yes. his initiative toward us when it comes to singing um, what informs the songs you choose. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times people who are new to Emmaus Road, they realize right away, I didn't recognize a lot of those songs. Mm-hmm. If you've been coming a while, you might think, well, I have favorite worship songs I you know, hear on the radio or hear other places, and, and we don't sing some of those. You know, are, are we just a, a Sovereign Grace franchise, so we're committed to <laughs> singing Sovereign Grace we have to, songs? We have to meet our we quota. We yeah. so many. You know, what, we no. sing a lot of Sovereign Grace music, but what informs your thought in, mm. in terms of song That's selection? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think, and I think maybe I can answer that question by just, we don't have much time left on this episode, so maybe I should just get in the nitty-gritty of how I plan each week. Yeah, that'd be helpful. Um, so I think first and foremost, um, there was once a time, again, when I would just think, all right, what songs should we sing first, picking certain songs? And, and then maybe even, there was once a time where I just, what songs we sing? That's it. And then I moved to, Okay, what songs? And then maybe what scriptures kind of help it? Like, you know, we got to sprinkle some scripture in there. We need we need God's word, right? And so trying to tag those along. Um, now, I, I I plan much differently, and I think this was said maybe in a sermon recently. Um, but when we talk about letting the word dwell richly in us, we want to linger on. We don't want to just move on to next things. We want to yeah. we want the word to we want to you know linger there, meditate on it. So oftentimes when I'm planning, I'm starting with the sermon that came the week before. I'm looking back. um, And again, this is just helpful to my planning because I want to plan in such a way that there's a flow to it. There's a, there's, you know, it's not just random pieces. I mean, they could be truths about God, but they're all randomly placed and stuff like that. So I think um, a couple weeks ago, there was a sermon uh, and, and it was on, uh, the plagues and the emphasis, the thrust was on God has multiplied his wonders so that all may know there's none like him in all the earth. And I just, that, that point kind of stuck out to me. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's something we can latch on to. Let's linger there. What's a, what's, how, how can we do that? Well, let's start with a call to worship. And so this last week we did Psalm 86, eight through 10. There's none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor there, are there any works like yours. All the nations you've made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. There it is. So we're starting there with that scripture because that's what we just heard the week before. And we want to remember that even longer. And then in light of that verse, I'm thinking, what song then communicates that? 
Mm. Um, what, lo- what song, I mean, not just, what song can we link to that that would be helpful to, again, just press into that truth more and more? So we then sang, who is like the Lord, our God? <laughs> you know, they were singing song- things like, there is none like you, mm. and, um, and moving on through that. Now, another part that informs how I choose the songs, again, I, is having, um, I think it's helpful to have an, another scripture or, and sometimes it's not just scripture, maybe it's sometimes like a creed or a catechism question or something that maybe we, we uh, recite congregationally, again, allowing the word to dwell richly in us, but not disconnected. And, and, and thinking there's a third value of, of gospel-centered and um, centered and driven. Yeah. Um, but we touched on this at the beginning, you know, everything, the, our liturgy is, the gospel is liturgical and we want the gospel to be throughout our meeting. And so, um, oftentimes that scripture, that second scripture that I'm thinking of, again, thinking back to the, the week before, but where, where does, where is Christ? How can we proclaim Christ and his work for us? Again, we don't, go through this meeting thinking, I'm checking all the boxes, I'm doing all these things, my work has got me right with God. It's Christ and his work alone. Mm. And so that scripture, having the scripture, the call to worship, and then the scripture later on kind of gives me some space to know, all right, this is a song we should sing here. And then this is a song that we can sing that speaks or connects to this scripture here. And then after that scripture, what is a song that can also be connected to it? And, and and I've heard people uh, reflect back to me certain things. I mean, I don't, I'm not going around promoting like this is how I plan so that people just can make all those connections. But people are, you know, they're like, wow, that really affected me because we sang that song after that scripture reading. And that is intentional because we're wanting to, it's not totally disconnected. We're not going to sing of the mercy of God and then all of a sudden just sing of something completely mm-hmm. different after mm-hmm. that. Um, so that informs the songs we sing and, um, I mean, the songs that I'm planning every single week. And yes, a lot of them are Sovereign Grace songs, um, because we, we've just have, are so, (laughs) we're so blessed with, uh, with these songwriters, this, Mm. I mean, with Bob's ministry, Devin's ministry that, that so serve, I mean, it's for the sake of serving our churches so that there's their, I think their songs that they write strengthen and build and even plant other churches. So uh, that's helpful as well. But I think also, I think just thinking through the rest of the meeting as well, there's, I don't think I I, I ever, my thought, there's never like a wasted moment. Um, There was once a time when I thought, okay, now we're just going to pray. Okay. Now we have announcements. I think just a transition time. Yeah. It's just a transition time. I'm thankful for you guys and whoever else leads other aspects that I call on. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm planning, a lot of the meeting, but one thing I'm not planning is the prayer, the pastoral prayer after, um, or nor am I. Some, I'm, I'm sometimes just giving the call to worship to somebody, but they're filling out comments with what they're going to say. And I think your guys' mindfulness um, first, first your mindfulness, but also again and again, the, I you know I'm trying to plan as faithfully as I can, and I'm just aware every single week the spirit and the unity that he brings to our meetings is so powerful. So we'll finish the fourth song and then one of you guys will come and pray. And it's just, it's, it's, Mm. it's not disconnected from what we've just been rehearsing Mm. and reminding ourselves of. It's right in line with that. Mm. And again, that's, that's intentional. It's not, it it just continues on. Mm. Even in the announcements, I would say too, just quickly, 
um, I think oftentimes we can think, all right, now it's announcements time. But um, we do things in, in such a way intentionally that we want to not just communicate things, but we want to bring people along. We want to we want to yeah. <laughs> inspire people. And so there, are, I would recommend. I, I mean, I would recommend if you are not, or if you're oftentimes more distracted with the child in your hands, which I sometimes am. <laughs> But pay attention to even the, don't tune out of the announcements because there are things that we intentionally are saying that is for the sake of building faith in the people yeah. of our church. Um, Regarding announcements, since I often do those, one way that I think about that, uh, communication is the lifeblood hmm. of any relationship. Um, yeah. So when, when Paul says, Christ is the head of the body and, and you all are members together of that body, Every member is connected and ultimately connected to the head. And so communication, the the nerve signals from the brain to the rest of the body is absolutely vital to the health of the body. Right. And so communicating with one another about what's going on in the body matters. So, so it's not just superfluous stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't fit in our worship gathering. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of the fact that we are embodied souls. We live in space and time. Um, we gather together in person. We share our lives together in community. And so just sharing what's going on in the body, ways to be involved is, is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And also <clears throat> highlighting something that you mentioned there, Caleb, <clears throat> regarding like, because we have a core conviction of the, the, the objective power of the word, right? We're, we're scripture governed because we believe that's the thing that if it's, if anything's going to get done, it's going to be done through that, the ministry of the word and by the spirit accomplished in Christ. So I think like a particularly, I want to encourage moms of small children that (laughs) come on Sundays and feel quote, I just don't get anything out of it because I'm hounding down kids. I'm this one. I'm pulled this kid, this screaming kid out for the 12th time. Um, I'm, I'm not there to pick up on all these pieces that you guys are talking about. Um, just be encouraged that, well, a couple things. One, it won't be like this forever. <laughs> you know, kids grow up. So there is, and as they grow, they, they learn to sit. And your responsibility, our responsibilities as dads, is to teach our kids to highlight these things in the service. To, to These are key heads like keystones as we go through of markers of of good teaching opportunities to our kids but also trust the promise of isaiah 55 where he says for as the rain and the snow come from heaven do not return there but water the earth making it spring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty it shall accomplish that which i purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which i sent it Mm. so as we as Caleb, as you, as you put forward the word to us through these moments of liturgy, as it's preached, as it's prayed, as it's sung, it is sowing seeds. And even being there is is receiving the seeds. And yeah. we just pray that God would open our hearts to receive those things. Yeah. And then as Paul says, that, that God would give the growth, that we're just there planting seeds, and, and then God effectuates the growth, and he has promised to give that growth. Yeah. So we... There's to be encouraged that as we highlight all yes. these cool intricacies that happen throughout the service and the intentionalities, and you're like, 
hey, we just got here, okay? <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just trying to hold it together. Hold, yeah, and I've got kids that are not paying attention and kids that are yelling and crying and need <laughs> snacks and they spilled their snacks and his, you know, Henry threw his on train my, again. On my kids' snacks. And yeah. They're all eating. Seriously. Hey, Caleb, can you pick up the scratch stick that Henry yeah, threw? Anyway, I, I all that to say, sorry, all that to say is be encouraged because this is where God works. Um, and this is where he's, he's preparing and yes. sowing and effectuating. And it's through his word by the power of the spirit. Yeah. Hopefully this is, imp- is, helpful for people to hear in some respect, but my, my, my hope would be that people recognize, yes, Sunday is intentional. We plan it in such a way, but because it's formative and it's not just what we do and what it's forming us for. I mean, hopefully the effect and you hear it in different phrases or things people say at the end, but hopefully at the end of our meeting, because Sunday is the most important moment in the week of our church's life. The effect is, you know, Increased awareness of God's presence among you. Um, questions like, I mean, do you love Jesus more? Do you want to make him known in this city more? Do you want to help others love Jesus more? Is that your highest? Do you treasure him above all things? Hopefully, those are the, the heart cries that are experienced and felt afterwards, not just like, did we get it right? Or were all those things perfect? Or, <laughs> you know, oftentimes they're not. Did the um, mic work? Yeah, did, did the mic, scratch? The mic <laughs> give feedback? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the aim of our planning, ultimately, is that Christ would be treasured above all things. Yeah. And, and, the, so. and the good news, too, about, you know, resting on Christ and his word and having that dwell richly is that it gives us hope that that can be multiplied and that can be, it doesn't have to be done in this building. Mm-hmm. It does not need to be done mm-hmm. in this building in a certain way. Um, but it is the thing, if, if that's the core of the ministry on Sunday of Christ's being exalted through the word by the power of the spirit, that can be multiplied yeah. and that can move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if we go wherever we go next, yeah. as we yeah. in, this, in, as, in the life of our church, the thought of planting another church, the thought of multiplying missional communities that then come to the church. Mm. All of that is, this can be, this is all we have. Mm-hmm. This is all we need mm-hmm. is this word. That's good. I, I think it's appropriate too, just to uh, thank you, Caleb, for yes. the, the effort that you put into that. Um, my guess would be for those who aren't aware, just hearing you walk through the very specific thought that you put into mm-hmm. all of that. Some people might go, I had no idea <laughs> that it was <laughs> that intentional or that careful. Um, so, and, and I know you don't share that to highlight your own uh, mm. input to the service, but you know, from the rest of us, thank you yes. for how you serve us Absolutely. week in and week it's out in that way that because you've put so much thought, others can just come in having not thought about anything. And <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a feast prepared that, yes. that points us to Christ. And mm. that, that's a, a huge blessing to and, us as a church. And your leadership communicates care. It communicates care for us, for Emmaus Road Church. It communicates um, mm. intentionality. It's, a, it's yeah. clearly an evidence of God's grace in you um, for the good of this body. And so, yes, we... We thank God for you. We mm. thank God for uh, his son. Um, we thank yes. God for Christ. Yes. And we multiply uh, 
yeah, we just, I, I echo what Ryan said. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to just add a word. Uh, I think we're probably out of time, but about benediction, just wrapping up yes. the service. And you, that's, you've that's mentioned helpful. this, that the whole, the gospel is liturgical. We've talked about kind of those four movements of the story, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or you could think about it in terms of God, man, Christ, response. Mm-hmm. Um, God is holy and righteous. He's the creator of the world. That's where the story begins. We begin with God and his word to us. His word speaks and creates life. That's called the worship. Um, we are sinners. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, confessing our sin is part of the service. Um, Isaiah 6 is a great story there that gives us kind of a, a that same pattern we see. God reveals himself in holiness. Isaiah is convicted of his sin. God atones for his sin. And then Isaiah is commissioned. Yes. So, you know, the movement of that, it, it ends with Christ is raised from the dead. He ascends into heaven. But before he ascends, he promises his spirit's going to be poured out. His disciples are going to become his witnesses. He, he commissions them to go to the ends of the earth to make and multiply disciples. So when we end with a benediction that sends us out to believe and apply and live the word to be full of the spirit, to walk in the power of God, you know, blessing God's people mm. with God's United word. together. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it, it ends with every worship service is sending us out. There's a commissioning. Yes. You, you come in and encounter God and are assured of his grace in Christ. Yes. You receive his word, yes, yes. You're, you're nourished and satisfied. And then you're, you're sent out, um, into the world to, to live as a witness to what you've seen. And then we get to do that again mm-hmm. the next week. But I think that's important to recognize for creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Yes, Every worship gathering ends with a go out. It's not mm. the end. It's to be continued. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I think it's appropriate then to end with a benediction. Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.